When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, this is Phil Town. And this is Danielle Town. Oh yeah, there she's right there. Danielle she's right Town. There. Yeah. Broadcasting from where? Not from, Zurich, Switzerland. No, from somewhere in America, which is super exciting. I finally got to come home for how long has it been? Three years? For three years I've been saying as soon as I have the energy where I feel like I can actually like physically make the trip I will make it home and and, and you and you did and I did and it's just been the greatest and I I managed to do the trip and it took a bunch of recovery but it was okay and you're you're somewhere in America I'm somewhere like in America that. somewhere <laughs> in America oh I'm gonna keep it vague <laughs> okay and I'm somewhere in America I'm in my office <laughs> in America. That's where I am. So um, we, we left off last time. And we got time to be together, Dad. Place. Oh, we did. We we actually put up a couple of vault podcasts because we have been playing in the snow. Uh-oh, yeah. that's, that's identifying a little more. Oh, gosh. We were at Big Sky. It was great. <laughs> I got to say a big shout out to Big Sky. Their, um, their whole... Um, what do we call that? The guys who rescue you on the mountain. The ski patrol. Yeah. The whole ski patrol guys, the whole first aid guys. They were fabulous. They went up and got Austin off the mountain really, really nicely after he crashed and thought he really tore his shoulder up. Austin, and one of your analysts. One of my analysts. And yeah. Yeah. Um, they did a great job. This guy is a supremely excellent snowboarder. He grew up um, at Whitefish, which is a ski area. He's been snowboarding his whole life and has never injured himself more than just normal pings and dings when you're snowboarding. Oh. And he got smacked down, you know, like happens when you're on, you it get on the, sucks. on a snowboard, you basically go from a back edge to a front edge and you don't want to be flat. You don't want the board to be flat. And he was in about five inches of powder, flattened the board out to turn. It's a very quick mo, and he caught the downhill edge. And it is, I want to say literally, because it's not literally, but I want to say literally, it is as if a giant picks you up by the feet and slams you into the mountain. <laughs> is what it feels like. Yes. It's so quick. <laughs> and it you is, never saw the giant coming. It's an invisible giant. It's an invisible giant. And it's just like... <laughs> So fast, you don't even have time to reach your arms out. I mean, it is the quickest crash. And uh, man, he really messed up his collarbone. And oh, he's going to be so all right. I'm so sorry about that. Yeah, I felt bad for It's him. just painful. Uh, I mean, this is an investing show, and we will get to investing. But general PSA, just because I was talking to a friend about this right before I came home, um, there are these new helmets that have the, it's called like BIPs or MIPS. 
and yeah, they are so much safer than the old yeah. kind of helmet. And she, um, she like got one for Christmas for bike riding. And it's one of those things where it's like, oh, you know, yay, a helmet, you know, ah, I'll never use this. I mean, I wear one, but like, whatever. Yeah. And like, literally the next time she rode her bike out, she hit like a crack or something on the sidewalk, head over heels, straight onto that brand new helmet. That was totally fine. Isn't that just one of those tales where you're like, I'll, I'll tell you, yeah, man, it's, it's it amazing. It is amazing. And I, I said, I, I'm not snowboarding yet. Like I don't have the energy to do it yet, but as, like once I get back, I'm definitely, I need a new helmet that has that for sure. Because what that reminds me of is, oh, that catching an edge. Like I'll never forget in my whole life. The first time we, I think when we learned to snowboard together mm-hmm. and you forced me to wear a helmet, which was like 30 years ago or something. It was like right when people sort of started to wear helmets, like it wasn't a thing for a long time. And then there sort of started to be like general consensus that you probably should wear a helmet. And you, and I really didn't want to, cause I thought it wasn't cool. And I was 16 and you forced me to wear a helmet. And that first day that I had that helmet, we were, I'll never forget it. We were on a cat track, flat cat track. And I, caught an edge just like that and i landed straight on the back of my head on that helmet <laughs> and if i hadn't had that helmet i definitely would have had a really bad concussion but because of it i was only sort of stunned for a little bit but it's one of those things where it's like such a shock and you hit so hard that i remember to this day exactly that feeling of just sort of going like what just happened to me? Oh my God. So get a helmet. That's my PSA. You can get the new kind of helmet because they're worth the money. If you fall, it's cheaper than hospital MIPS bills. Helmet, which a MIPS helmet is a, I forget what the acronym stands for. It's like multi directional impact protection, something like that. And, I just realized um, yeah, I'm, I'm still wearing my hair in my like morning well, outfit really, here. Really oh, good. Well, no. Okay, whatever. Hi, guys. I haven't so brushed my hair. So back to my point before. Sorry. I just realized that I looked. Narcissistic behavior. Yeah, it's incredibly narcissistic. It's all about me. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually in the middle of a podcast here. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. And I was actually in the middle of a sentence. I know, we're, we're, but I just realized that I looked like somebody who just got out of bed. And that we're is done, accurate. We're done with the hair now. Okay, good. <laughs> so... The MIPS helmet is, um, I believe, started in the riding world. At least that's the first I saw them. And Melissa and like I Like horseback both, riding. Yeah, horseback riding. Um, and it protects you if you come off a horse and the horse steps on your head. It protects oh, you better geez. than a helmet that's just locked in because it moves. The inner lining will move. And um, it's likely you'll have less injury. And I, they found out that's uh, the case. And now Bell Helmets has MIP, MIPS for, for riding uh, motorcycles. And I guess it's going to be everywhere, which means maybe my, I don't know if my crash helmet for racing is going to take up the MIPS. Oh, band. yeah. It it's is everywhere. Say. Nuno just got a new cycling helmet and it had the MIPS. And, and it's MIPS. 
Yeah, um, it's going and everywhere. he so, immediately said, we have to make sure you get one of these before you start riding a bike again. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. And so point being that, I mean, you immediately when I see something like this as an innovation, then I want to know who owns it. Yeah. How can I invest in it? That's my favorite and part of this whole thing. I know. So you, you take it, the way I go about it is I take a look at, you know, a helmet maker because they're pretty well known, right? So I've used a lot of Bell helmets in my day. So I okay. just Google Bell helmet MIPS and sure enough, they have MIPS helmets. And then I go, who owns Bell helmets? And what comes back is Vista Outdoor. And Vista Outdoor is a spinoff from, originally from Smith & Wesson, where, where they broke the company into two pieces. One piece is weapons, Smith & Wesson, and the other piece, Vista Outdoors, has all their outdoor equipment. And mm, um, cool. I think both groups have done better as a result of that. Vista Outdoors. When you say they public. spun it off, do you mean now they're two different, fully different companies, different companies with different stocks? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So now going to Vista Outdoor, um, let's just take a look at it here. Going right onto the website, clicking on Vista Outdoors. There's a, it's a public company. So you're almost always going to see a menu item that says investors. And I'm clicking on that right now. Um, and then what it says is our brands and why invest and oh, the all important ESG BS. And, uh, and no, no opinion about that at all. I'm just going to leave that and alone. And then um, if I want to look at the financials or events, I'll, I'll either look at the financials and go to the annual report or go to events and presentations, which is the other way to go. I think I tend to go to the annual reports more often. And archive report, annual 2021 report. So I'm going to click on that. And it's so incredible. Everything just downloads super fast. And now I've got the annual report. You guys have no idea how long it used to take this 40 years ago. This was just like, <laughs> oh, I think I'll find out who does these new helmets. Let me see. What library should I drive to? Right. <laughs> and then you drive to your local library and it's tiny and doesn't have the info probably. Right. So, okay, that didn't work. I got to drive to the university library. So I drive to that library. Which and is an hour go and a half and away. Go to the value line and try to pull down the value line reports on it. And since you don't know, there's only, I don't know, 6,000 companies to look through to figure out which one has a new helmet style, which how would you even write? But it breaks it in. You okay? So the, you you get to the section of the reports that is just about outdoor. All right, this is m m a miracle, is what I'm saying, really here. It is. Okay, it so really is. Miracle. Looking and down for here, people like me things. who are new to it and didn't go through all of that, even for me, it's a miracle. Like it feels, it feels like this wealth of information to the point of being overwhelming like so many people ask me where to start because you can start anywhere and so it's like it's there but now we have a different problem of like how do you discern what to do exactly so i love going through stuff like this like here's what you do yep so i'm just looking at the annual report and lo and behold the ceo of vista actually writes a letter Many CEOs, I've been told by their legal departments, stop writing letters because people will look at them and decide about what to do with the company. And if you've hyped it up, you're in trouble. 
So I like, if you want to see a good letter, and we've talked about this, go read Warren Buffett's letters and mm-hmm. you'll see what a good CEO says about the companies that he's running and you'll see how honest he is. And that's what you're looking for is that kind of integrity. Um, there, there's always issues that go on. People always make mistakes. And if nobody ever tells you that they're making mistakes, then they're liars. I was and just going to say, start to worry about them. I have not read a letter in quite a while that did anything except talk about the amazing successes of that year. And it's to the point of being boring. Like that doesn't help me. I can read the successes in the financials and in the rest of the annual report. I would like to know like what you guys tried to do and it didn't really work out or what you are planning to do that seems ambitious and may not work or especially what kinds of like long-term plans a CEO has for the company. Cause that stuff also doesn't really go into the annual report much. So yeah, it's getting frustrating. I don't know if it's because of legal departments though. I think it's because CEOs and companies don't like being held to those kinds of predictions by investors, which, I mean, I get that. That makes sense. Why say it? <laughs> You're just going to be asked about it in five years and how it didn't work. But yeah. I'll tell you why. The reason to do that is to be transparent and candid with people who want to be long-term investors in your company and stick with your company. And so, I mean, if if I were a CEO, I would want those kinds of investors because those are the people who are going to stick with you through the hard times and not just bail out and crater your stock price. You want to you so, want to take a look at this guy's letter for a second? I mean, it's quite interesting. I can't look at it right here. now because my computer is up here on a uh, very high table. But well, let if me just tell us about it. That would be great. Yeah, I'd love to yeah, hear just, it. Just a couple of high points. Say again. Say again. The company. So people can it's look at it Vista up. Outdoor. Okay. And the CEO is Christopher Metz and Michael Callahan, and they co-signed this letter. <clears throat> and So there's a co-CEO team? No, he's just chairman oh. of the board and the CEO. And, um, and basically what they're saying is that we really did a great job of navigating COVID. Wait, wait, this wait, is the sorry. 2021 I want to hear. I want to hear, but I just want to make sure I know who's writing this letter. So it's signed by both the chairman of the board and the CEO, and those are two different people. Right. I love that's unusual. That's unusual. I know you don't see that. You don't usually get a letter from the chairman. It's usually just the CEO. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So here we no? go. Um, he's basically saying that, that really in 2021 that um, they have successfully navigated covid and they mitigated their exposure and they maintained a high level of production and service. Um, they expanded their acquisitions. They purchased Remington ammunition. Um, they purchased a shot producer. 
did a bunch of buy-in. And our corporate culture is stronger than ever. I love these things. Our employees come to work each day with a renewed sense of purpose and desire to keep winning. I mean, oh, I'm sorry, God. Chris, but that's I mean, absolute BS. That's such BS. Just on the surface of it. Like, you, who your puts employees that stuff all don't in? do that. No. Forbes, however, did vote them one of the best mid-size employers in 21, uh, voted anonymously by their employees. So there is some good spirit there. But say that, you know what I mean? Forbes voted us or our employees anonymously voted us a great company to work at. And we're really proud of that. Not like our employees come to work so excited every day. Then they're starting to highlight their their fabulous ESG and they're being very politically correct about that. Or they actually uh, care. Let's not be too cynical about well they are an outdoors company so they legitimately probably do care um they had maybe the best year they've ever had in 2021 because a lot of people were outside due to covid Hmm. um so they're kind of highlighting all these new financial records and big margin improvement and all the factors that contributed to their success and then because what's going to happen of course they don't know that's the end of 2021 for sure but one would guess that as the as the pandemic recedes, there will be less outdoor buying related stuff. So they're probably are see they the saying that twenty twenty two? No, they are not. Oh. <laughs> what they're saying instead is the strategy for the future, uh, relentlessly focused on the following five strategic pillars. Um, okay, so here goes the wish list. You ready? I, yeah. These kind of things are not great for CEOs to do. Um, talent and culture. Okay, so we're going to invest in talent. Great. And culture, which is going to include diversity and inclusion. So talent, diversity, and inclusion. Very good. And then Wait, organic Sorry, is it growth. just like we want to do that? Or is he saying specific things? We're relentlessly focused on following our five strategic pillars. This is what they want to do. This is all aspirational. So it's just, it's just vague. Okay. Um, we're going to allocate capital to our brands to do organic growth and leverage and expand our distribution channels. Um, and then we're building centers of excellence, um, shared resources, expertise to scale, operational excellence to e-commerce, acquisition targets, acquire complementary businesses and maintain really conservative balance sheet with healthy margins. So these are all aspirational. These are the things they're targeting doing. And then we're excited for the future and uh, all of our people and our strategy and our brands and our competitive strengths that are going to fuel our success, serving million of new outdoor enthusiasts. I just wonder what they're going to say when their sales drop like a brick in 2022. I can't wait to hear. Yeah. Uh, the future is bright for Vista Outdoors. We look forward to continuing the journey. So nothing went wrong. They had no problems that anybody needed to know about, even though there was a pandemic going on. Um, that was amazing. They were just freaking perfect. And they foresee no problems. Yeah, foresee no problems. We're just I mean, going to focus is the kind on our letter. talent. Yeah. You guys should honestly just, honestly, I just want to say, look, guys, grow up, okay? You, 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 all you're doing is you're talking to the also juvenile delinquents who are running most of the mutual funds out there on Wall Street. And, and you're just saying, okay, we're going to continue doing great things. And they're going to read this and they're going to go, oh yeah, more corporate BS. 
And then you're going to have a year that's nothing like 2021, probably. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing, but I'm, I'm going to make a wild guess that uh, 2022 has been a bit sobering for, for uh, Vista Outdoors. Let me, let me take a Gosh. look at their, uh, let me take a look at their balance or their uh, stock chart. That's the next thing I would do. So I'm, you're, what you're listening to is yeah. me just doing this real time. I like so this. I'm gonna okay, go to Vista. so you check the letter. And then yep. do you go look at their stock chart or you go look at their financial uh, performance? Because uh, that's what case, I always I just, debate on. Yeah, I just went straight to the stock chart. And sure enough, by the end of 2021, December 31st, they hit their their high peak of 46.83. And then the stock cratered down to 23 bucks. Wow. So now I wonder what he's got to say and why he didn't see that coming. I mean, that's just. Is that okay, the most dude. recent letter or is there another letter? Oh, that's the most recent letter. Oh. Of course, we're already finished 2022. So the new letter yeah. is going to come out where he will ignore the fact that he did not discuss at all that the company was going to have significant changes in production and oh, yeah. revenue and all these things. It's going to so be, the stock got cut well, in half. obviously, due to the end of the pandemic, things changed and we couldn't do anything about oh, that. So no this was idea. all expected and yeah. we're just, you know, going to keep on doing the great things that we've been doing and our stock we're, price we're is going to rebound. Here. We, we are being pretty snarky because maybe these guys are great guys and I'm sure they are. Um, often people who are really good good people end up running companies. doesn't mean they're great administrators and great allocators of capital. doesn't mean that they're willing to be honest with us and tell us what their problems are, even though we own the company. Uh, none of, being nice guys doesn't mean they'll do any of that. And yeah, the reason we're being snarky no about this letter is that we've read stuff. so many letters like this over 40 years of just corporate BS is all it is. It's just, oh, we're doing so great. And everyone is at the company is loves working there and loves oh. us. And it's just all wonderful. Well, I have and, a question. Here they, they say one word, despite the pandemic related supply change and distribution channels, challenges, <laughs> the people at Vista Outdoor rose to the occasion, building, shipping, selling more products to more people than ever before and recording the most profitable year. So, They've got the challenges, and those challenges are affecting them in 2022, and they didn't bother to tell us about why those are there. So I, I don't know. It's just, if you read this letter, wouldn't you think you'd just run out and buy the stock? I mean, look at these guys are setting all kinds of records, and they're just doing fantastic, and nothing's wrong, and there's nothing bad to talk about. So you just run out and buy the stock. And if you did that, you'd have lost half your money. So yeah. that's what we don't like about it. It's just corporate cheerleading rather than what it should be, which is an explanation for the shareholder to understand what's going on in the company in the future. Anyway, As you have I mean, been reading these letters for 40 years, as you just said, have you seen a change in the tone, oh, in yeah. the PR aspect of it? Like, did they used to be more about reality in the past? Uh, there were more CEOs, more about the reality in the past, although this idea of corporate cheerleading has been around forever, as you can imagine, because sure. so many of the CEOs in large companies have just worked their way to the top by being politically astute as opposed to yeah. 
you know, brilliant. And, um, but what I've seen, the biggest change I've seen is less and less letters are being written. That is true. Uh, which, which goes hand in hand with less and less companies going public. Right now, I mean, compared to just 15 years ago, I think we have half the number of companies public that we used to have. So it's, there's been a major sea change as a result of increased regulation, increased, um, increased concern by CEOs and CFOs that they could go to jail for um, signing the wrong <laughs> document, you know, making the wrong statement. That doesn't I mean, seem like a bad thing to me. <laughs> Sarbanes-Oxley was a great disclosure document. We really love Sarbanes-Oxley in the sense that we get information more readily than we used to, and they leveled the playing field. But the fact <laughs> is, those sorts of regulations can be onerous for a lot of companies, and they just don't want to do it. So totally. that and the rise of a tremendous wave of additional private capital. Like, you know this way better than I do. You worked in the field as an attorney. So, uh, yeah, I that's what's really changed the world. Now, you know, probably half the companies that would have gone public haven't. They're just going for private. Yeah. Company. I don't know if that, that bothers me so much. I mean, I think it's kind of a good carrot and stick. Like the carrot of going public is a massive amount of investment influx that a company could really use to grow. The stick and the problem is carrot and the stick the right analogy? Probably not. Anyway, the bad part of it is <laughs> is that um, is that you're under yeah all these reporting regulations, as you said, and the CEO and the CFO have genuine jeopardy that didn't used to exist. And obviously, the reason that that exists is that a lot of CEOs and CFOs scammed investors for a long time. So, yeah, in varying uh, ways, you know, it's like you get the big scams like Enron, but you've got the little ones like, I mean, no offense, Chris Metz and Michael Callahan, but when you don't disclose to the owners of the business, the issues that you're facing, you're running a little bit of a scam. Now, maybe. I'm well, let's be fair about that, that because no maybe reason to do anything except say good things. Maybe they just had that. kind Exactly. Of exactly. Possibly. Um, but what? But also, like maybe those things are actually in the annual report because the letter, as you said, is not required and has no regulatory oversight or bearing, except that they probably shouldn't lie about their company. Um, so, yeah, the fact uh, the fact that somebody doesn't put negative stuff in there to me is not scammy. It's just shady. It's just like. What's the word I'm thinking of? It's like you can lie by omission. Like actually in the law, you can lie by omission and you can be held culpable for lying by omission. Meaning you didn't say something that should have been said. And I do think that while these letters don't rise to that level, they're close sometimes. They're close. And even though maybe that information about, you know, bad sales or supply chain problems um, are in the annual report as they are regulatorily required to be. They can be hard to find and they know how to bury them pretty well. So for individual investors who are 
doing this off their sofa, um, it makes it harder to suss those things out. And that's where I think the stuff I've learned from you is so important, like looking at the return on invested capital numbers and looking at how they're choosing to allocate their capital in terms of growth um, are, are really key to try to understand not what they're saying, yeah, but what sure. they're actually the, doing. So kind of going deeper here, I, I dug into the financials a bit to see what's going on recently. And there's now uh, in the last two minutes. Yeah. So it's really I quick. Mean, I mean, you just. Can I just say, like, you're amazing at this. <laughs> you can all I can't be amazing. do that it's yet. It's not rocket science. I've gotten a lot it's just faster. Knowing where to look. But I'm not that fast. It's wild. It's, it's it's pretty fast. So what they've done is they they saw this peak of uh, operating cash flow. I always like to look at cash flow because that really tells a, a better story. I think. So they hit it 345. Um, million in operating cash flow. And then this last year they hit 318. And that would account for the stock starting to slide, right? As soon as there's a, a bad growth story, um, then immediately yeah. you see the stock slide. And their capital expenditures went up substantially. So they've been fixing a lot of stuff. And taxes went through the roof. Um, so anyway, we, at the end of the day, they, they saw earnings going... Um, going, going well. Actually, at the end of the day, their earnings went up. Wow! How did they pull that? Oh, wow! They are they are. I have to dig deeper in their financials. It looks to me like they're getting a huge benefit from taxes. Like they're hmm. they're basically putting in a positive number for taxes, as in they got paid back hmm. one hundred and forty-seven billion. We'll have to look into that deeper. I, yeah, off. I have a question about the the letter and what to go, but I think we need to wrap up for this episode. Um, okay, so let well, me just quick, recap. Quick. Oh, okay, real go quick. ahead. Let me let me just say real quick that net incomes looks really good, but it looks good for maybe a bad reason. Um, and at the end of the day, their free cash flow, which is what they have available to go spend on other companies or to distribute to the shareholders, um, dropped about. Oh, 30% maybe something like that. Oh, that's a lot. Wow. Yeah, that's a big one. So it's interesting, you know, they can, I'm really interested to hear what the next letter has to say because they can, they can really hype up this net income number that isn't real. Mm. There's, there's some, there's some, uh, not that it's not real. It's a real number. It's not illegal, but you have to look deeper on some of these companies to understand what's really going on. And just sort of a tip to the wise the key thing to look at is is free cash flow, see how much free cash flow is coming through and operating cash flow. And ultimately, owner earnings is what we really want to see, which isn't even a gap financial. It's just something we sort of learned from Warren Buffett about how you look at a company. Um, and we've talked about it here. And in the book Invested, we wrote about it extensively. So if you want to learn more about it, go there. Okay. There yeah, we, we also so that's did. that's a quick view of Vista Outdoor. And it might we be worth did. looking at. I mean, their stock came off a huge amount, by the way. So I'm going to look at it. We also did um, a whole episode, well, I want to say maybe a year ago or something, which is like all about earner earnings and some updated, uh, easier ways to do it. So yeah, go back and listen to that one too. But what I wanted to say is just for me, like I... What I what keeps me coming back to investing, and I think, gosh, sorry, I keep getting stuffed up. Um, 
And I think what, what got me like so into it in the beginning was doing exactly what you did just now in the last 28 minutes. Something cool in life, something new. Hey, there's a new helmet thing where before you're an investor, you go like, that's cool. Move on. Where do, now where do I find a helmet, you know? Yeah. Or like, what? A, yeah, right. But now with like the mind. investor brain, it's immediately like, cool. Who owns that? Does somebody right. patent that? Do right. all helmet companies have that? Who's selling right. the most of them? And then you go and it becomes this fascinating detective project, which does not take a long time. And it's so much fun to look really behind is. the curtain, thanks to the internet, as you were saying, it's so easy now. And just go back and be like, MIPS helmets. Oh, here's a helmet brand. Hey, it's the one that I bought. <laughs> Maybe they're good helmets because I chose them. I'll read about them. Oh, look, it's an entire company. Look, they're public. Okay, let me check them out. Oh, fascinating. Like, I'll read the letter. Oh, the letter kind of sucks. Not into it. Oh, let me look at the financials. Oh, that's kind of interesting. I think I might spend more time on this. Period. Like, that's a great half hour on a Saturday morning. It's so fun. I love it. It's just it's so, so fun. fun. Exactly. And we've landed at Vista Outdoor. And if we can figure out what it's worth, shall I just two more seconds please i just want to take a really really gut look at what maybe it's worth um, and by the way i'm not as speedy as you so for those of us who are a little bit newer at this it might take a little bit longer but that does not make it any less fun and for me actually i think it makes it more fun because it's a constant journey of discovery and learning and it's been really fun for me to notice how much faster i've gotten as i've integrated the practice and been able to um just start to do things automatically instead of having to like look at my checklist every single time wow i think let's see let me just change one number here recalculate I think this thing might be on sale. I do get nervous at these quick snap evaluations. Oh, this is a, this is just not even an opinion. It's just a first level, hmm, okay, okay. windage view of this. Okay, that says yeah. Although they're somehow adding a lot to their earnings by virtue of taxes that they're not only not paying but they're getting paid back mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. uh, in some kind of way. Um, owner earnings look pretty great, actually. Hmm. And if the stock is at 28 bucks, it very well could be around a 10 cap on this thing. So Whoa. if you want to take a look at and invest it in kind of, could be better than a 10 cap. Um, wow, yeah. that is now, of incredibly course, unusual. There, well, there'll be a reason. I'm also looking at, a, at one of the things we do for an, an analysis and seeing that using the parameters that I'm using right now, this company has been on sale a lot, <clears throat> uh, never as much as it is right now, but a lot. So there's a lot of things to not like about this as far as Wall Street's concerned. Mm -hmm. And that you'll have to figure out before you could buy it, right? Mm -hmm. You need to understand why they don't like it better than they know. But right now, it looks more on sale than it ever has.
So Vista Outdoor. Let's take, Interesting. let's take another dive into that next week. You want to? All right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right. Cool. Ah, Until then. Find things you love. Find the companies that make them. It's the best. Yeah. It's fun. Okay. Thanks, right, everybody. Guys. Time to go play. See ya. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening to Invested. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more information or to listen to additional episodes, visit our website at investedpodcast.com and sign up for my virtual workshop right there. Spots are definitely limited for this event. I'm not kidding. They really are. They sell out very quickly. So everything discussed on this podcast, by the way, is either my opinion or it's Danielle's opinion. And really important, it's not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your financial advisor nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. So remember that. You're on your own here. This podcast is for your entertainment and education only, and I really hope you enjoyed it.